This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, a podcast made by students for students. My name is Joanne Pio and I will be your host for today's show, featuring our lovely guest, Carrie Riley. Carrie Riley is a third-year pharmacy student from St. Louis College of Pharmacy. Welcome, Carrie. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm like so excited to be here right now. This is great. (laughs) Yay, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're passionate. So for our pre-pharmacy student listeners, What are some reasons that you chose to attend St. Louis College of Pharmacy? All right. So I did show like choose St. Louis College of Pharmacy. Um, Not only am I from St. Louis, but I also like the culture here. Um, The scenery, uh, it's like a small, big city. So I kind of like wanted to stay with it. I've been, you know, I've lived in Colorado before. I've lived... Um, in other countries as well before. And I always get drawn back to St. Louis because of the community, because there is that like little sense of a small city in a big city way, if that makes sense. What about the community just draws you to the city? Well, because it's like a small big city, I do run into the same people over and over again. So it's like kind of like a familiar faces and kind of having like a small net family in a way. Uh, like even when I go to school, it's like having my own little family outside of my seeing my family every day. I don't know. It's great. <laughs> and then what about the curriculum draws you to the program? The curriculum is actually awesome. Um, I really enjoy it. So we're kind of like a med school based pharmacy school. So we learn one part of the anatomy at a time and then we learn how to fix those issues with the drugs and then we talk more about the drugs and how they fix those issues so I really like talking piece by piece when it comes to the pharmacy school and they the teachers and professors honestly are like my best friends like they actually care about you they they want to see you succeed they're not there to like trick you or anything like that they want to help you so i just love the like i said like the community and at the school and in st louis in general is just pretty much like that it's great so if you pharmacy listeners are looking for a small knit community that feels like a family, then St. Louis College of Pharmacy may be for you. And then one thing that makes you very special, Carrie, is that you're part of the International Service Learning Course. Yeah, that's correct. So at St. Louis College of Pharmacy, they do offer um, basically a public service or public health class called International uh, Student uh, 
leadership and learning. So you get to go to these countries that need your help and you get to help with Habitat for Humanity and help build homes for them, which you're probably thinking, oh, why does a pharmacy student need to help build a home? Well, you have to realize that health actually starts at home. So having a bigger house or like a cleaner home actually can improve your health uh, tremendously. So it's kind of seeing health or it's fixing uh, your issues before they actually happen. So it's like prevention care. It's great. That's great. What made you sign up for this program? Okay, so in undergrad, I actually did um, a little service trip over in Thailand. And I didn't think it was actually going to impact me that much. But seeing the children, it was basically um, a place where children would go that weren't necessarily orphans but their parents couldn't afford them. So they were like a middle line staying at a, a house, basically run by this lady who would take care of them. But if their family wanted to see them, they could. Um, but honestly, helping them and seeing their faces, we taught English to them. We uh, helped build a badminton court, you know, a little uh, recreational activity. Seeing them, made me want to like do more service work and more uh, community work for other countries and like, you know, get myself out there and like see different cultures and everything. So from what I understand, um, part of St. Louis's College of Pharmacy, they, in this program, you were able to go to two different countries, Guatemala and Romania, right? That is correct. So I did do two different service uh, leadership slash learning uh, programs with them with Guatemala and Romania. And then what, so my question for you, what, um, how were you able to balance all of this? Cause you're in the pharmacy program. You said it's like medical school, basically the way how they're, um, structuring the curriculum. How are you able to balance a study and then go to another country, get all these vaccinations and serve? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it's actually very manageable. Um, they plan their trips over summer or winter break, and then you do meet throughout the semester, usually night classes. So yeah, you do need like some nights off of work, uh, to prepare yourself for it, to talk about, you know, your papers that you're going to have to write for it, but it was very manageable. And, um, just knowing that you're going to go to this other country and it's all going to like come together and be paid for or like, you know, all that weight and all that time and commitment will be paid off basically. Um, it really made me determined to, uh, you know, get through that class and go there. I, you really, time management is great. Like that was completely fine. You just make some time. It, it was fine. My like antenna went up. Did you just say they paid for you to go? <laughs> or? Um, they did the second time, but the first time, no. For the Guatemala trip, they did not. But Romania, yes. <laughs> Bravo, St. Louis College of Pharmacy. Bravo. We have to have a little clap for them. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure the airfare alone was very hefty for you. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was paid for. Yeah. So that was, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So how important is it for healthcare professionals, including pharmacy students, 
to be aware of cultural differences in patient care? Because you went to two different countries and I'm sure you found a lot of different people and a lot of different groups with different sets of beliefs. Oh yeah. So that is huge. So not only is like religion a huge thing to think about, but also their background in general. Um, so we had to read a book right before we went called uh, Foreign and Familiar. So that's basically saying the difference between a cold country and a hot uh, country. So when I went to Romania and Guatemala, they're very laid back. They're very slow. Like they're not in a rush to get anything done. So if they're at the pharmacy and you tell them that there's a 30 minute wait, they would be chill. Whereas we're used to like the cold climate and we're used to uh, time is money kind of attitude. So we are very much in a rush to get things done. Um, but with that being said, they also, um, uh, they also think more in terms of like we, so they are more like their, their health not only affects themselves, but also their family. So if one person has high blood pressure, their entire family will be upset about that. We'll all have to counsel them, which is kind of nice because they do get that support. Yeah. But also like, Everyone should have to, you know, take care of themselves in a way, in a way. Yeah. I mean, that is nice that there's support, but, um, you have yeah, to counsel so like they, 10 different people on the right. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all asking questions for that one person and you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I already went through this, but no, it's, it was fine. Like you do have to realize that their background and everything. So they really do need that time to think about their health and their family's health. So when you were in these countries, you were basically in a pharmacy, like you are in a pharmacy in the United States, giving medications to the patients. Actually, no, we were more focused on building homes and doing public health things for them. But um, I would visit the pharmacy and their pharmacies are a little different than ours. Um, Basically, the patient will just say symptoms, and then the pharmacist will give them something to relieve those symptoms, which can be kind of scary in a way because you're kind of diagnosing over there as a pharmacist, uh, which we don't have that pressure over here. With, but it is kind of nice also because that does save the people in Guatemala and Romania quite a lot of money to and not time. see a doctor and time. Yes. Exactly. So what are your issues here? Because you said that we don't have healthcare provider status here. And like you said, that's not our role to diagnose. But if we did have this right, we could do things without and save the patient time instead of calling the doctor for every little mistake or indication. Yeah. So actually, I'm kind of one of those people that thinks that we should be able to, if it's a maintenance med, just be able to refill it without the doctor's approval, as long as they're going to see the doctor soon without uh, a new prescription. But also, um, you could be over-treating something if someone does go to two different pharmacies and they forgot that they told another pharmacist about their symptoms, they could be double dosing and that could lead to a lot more symptoms and side effects. 
That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. And I think that we as pharmacists should probably have the access to labs because if we keep on refilling the Lantus, maybe the patient's A1C, you know, is low. Maybe it's better. Maybe they don't need that much, that high dose of Lantus. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Um, Can you share an example with us with how you approach the cultural differences in these countries? Like, how did you impact or overcome a cultural difference to achieve quality care? Well, one thing I did notice um, was that people actually, because they're in a hot climate, this is going to sound really weird, but they don't actually have genders as much as we do. So if a woman says something, they're not going to think, oh, that's a woman, she's wrong. They're actually going to take your word for it. Uh, They're not going to have that male empowerment, if you will, that sometimes we do experience here in the States. So it was kind of nice because I did feel more empowered over there and they would take my advice more. Males and females. Yes. Oh, because, you know, when you're in the States, you hear everything on the news about how there's this gender inequality. And then in other countries too. So now that you have this experience, you can see that the difference, it's not. So were you able to see like, was there a pay gap in these countries between? Okay. So there's still actually, there's not supposed to be, but women are expected to not work as much, but if they do work, then they're considered basically the same status as a male. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting. I know. It's it's confusing, but that's how it works. <laughs> but that's good. So that means like, you know, it, you were able to speak to a woman, counsel a woman. You didn't have to speak to her husband about any issues that she was having. And then in our school, well, maybe only in my school, our professors try to teach us about cultural differences and how to overcome it. So like in the United States, there's a lot of people who don't know how to read. There are people, we have a lot of immigrants coming into our country. So there are some people, there's a language barrier. Um, There's different religions in our country. But I think it's important to note that our own culture, our own set of beliefs impacts the type of care that we provide to patients. And we can see that by just opening Channel 7 News or Channel 10 News and we see all the controversial stories that are occurring with our pharmacy leaders right now. So um, I want to share one story with you where um, a woman walks into a chain pharmacy to pick up a medication and this medication was used to induce a miscarriage. The pharmacist on staff chose not to, to dispense the medication because it conflicted with his ethics. It turns out You know, she went on social media. It turns out that the medication was prescribed because her nine-week-old fetus had stopped developing. And um, one thing that I want to say to all of you pharmacy future leaders, there was like a lot of debate on social media about this. Our goal is not to say whether or not we think the pharmacist was right or wrong, but we want to focus on how we as pharmacy future leaders can provide quality care, even if the care may not perfectly align with our own personal beliefs. 
So Carrie, what are your thoughts for us on this situation, denying a prescription because (laughs) it conflicted with ethic, your ethics? Well, it does kind of upset me because we are supposed to be the most trusted profession out there. Uh, So you should never jump to conclusions when you see a prescription. I mean, uh, that drug could be used for a lot of things. In fact, people get that drug, misoprostol, before that they get um, a certain kind of birth control, in fact. So you should never jump to conclusions when you're filling a prescription. Uh, Some birth controls can be used to treat acne. Yeah. So you have to have an open, clear mind, even if it does upset you when you're feeling something. Just think it's for the better for the other use that it's not usually used for. I agree with you 100%. So that's our tip number one. Don't make assumptions. There's a lot of different cultural issues here. We have abortion, we have religion, the organization's culture, and then the right of a woman. So this specific pharmacist, he, was, he or she was not fired. Um, they do wish that the pharmacist would have given the prescription, this specific chain pharmacy, to another pharmacist who did not have these ethical problems um, or ethical beliefs, not problems. Um, I think what you said is very important that medications have different indications. Like when you think of metformin, what do you think? Diabetes. Right? But I learned the other day that it can treat antipsychotic-induced weight gain. So, you know, we never know. I have no idea. Yeah. So do your research. Call the doctor. Find out why the medication is being prescribed. Make sure you have all the facts when you accept, accept a prescription as well as when you deny a prescription. So in another situation, if like a few months later, this was at a different chain pharmacy, we have a pharmacist who just denied to fill a hormone prescription for a tra- to a transgender woman. And she wrote in the blog post that this is her um, opinion. There's three sides to every story. She wrote that the pharmacist loudly questioned her in front of other customers and rejected her and her doctor's request to transfer the prescription to another location. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad. You know, there's a lot of controversy about this one, too. What do you think, Carrie? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, what is the issue with transferring? There's no issue with that. Secondly, that is completely discrimination. Um, I think pharmacists... I mean, if you were at a hospital filling that prescription, you would never know if they were transgender. But because it is a chain community, you're denying to fill, which is completely discrimination. You would never know anywhere else. That's a good point that you made. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Um, You know, there's that issue, you know, if you believe in gender. And that's so funny. You said when you go to these other countries... Have you ever seen that? Do they talk about that in like Romania? So it's actually not that common there, but in Thailand, there's a lot of transgender people um, and they're completely open to it. They do not care. Uh, They can wear makeup. They, you know, it's completely normal and they're treated normally. There's no, no issue with them. Wow. You're like, well-traveled Thailand too. (laughs) 
we got a superstar on today's show. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to do another show on like travel edition. Where do I want to work after pharmacy school? <laughs> right. <laughs> so what is one suggestion that you would give to a, a pharmacy future leader? Because there might be someone out there that that's their right. No one, you know, we all have our own beliefs. Like how can you handle that? Honestly, with that one, I feel like there's no exception when you become a leader, you should not like discriminate against patients. You should transfer if you don't believe in it. Uh, or you can tell them to come back later when another pharmacist is working. Completely fine. If you're strongly against it, then that is fine. To be a leader, you really do need to show initiative. You should be very open to everyone's decisions. Yeah, that's not something that you might want to do or believe in, but it's what they chose to do and it's what they believe in. Some Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in a lot of medications or even getting blood. So you do, you know, have to keep that in mind. So I think for tip number two and what Carrie was trying to say, if you don't believe in it, then that's okay. But if the patient still wants to be there, then allow another pharmacist to handle it or allow another branch of your company to handle it. In our third story, which is equally controversial, <laughs> um, we have a health insurance company that sent a letter to a homosexual patient denying his coverage for Truvada, which was prescribed for HIV um, prevention. And the letter said that the reason that, we, that they were rejecting coverage was because of high-risk homosexual behavior. So, of course, the person, well, I, the patient got very offended. He posted it on social media. And um, there was the insurance company eventually apologized because they said that, you know, that was a poor choice of words. So, what are, I know this doesn't directly involve a pharmacist, but, you know, what if, you know, we call the insurance company and the insurance gives us the information and then we have to convey it to the patient? Like, what do we do? How do we word it? Oh my gosh. Well, kind of, it does involve pharmacy because PBMs or pharmacy benefit managers can choose who gets covered and what gets covered. So I feel like that kind of is on the pharmacy's hand on that point, but. Thank you for saving uh, me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Um, oh my gosh. No, that would be the worst wording that you could give someone for not covering. I, at first, when you were telling me that, I was like, oh, it's probably because they've spent too much or their, their insurance just can't, you know, afford them anymore. But saying it like that, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing ever. So, and it turns out the insurance company, based on the story I was reading, they said they're going to cover it for all patients now because they got such a backlash from it. As they should. <laughs> yeah. If I were to call the insurance company and they were to tell me that reason, I don't think I could ever tell the patient. I yeah. think I would actually lie at that point just because I would be in awe. I would be like, oh, you've, they've, they're just not covering it. Yeah, they're no. just, they stopped. 
But then it raised the question when I was reading this, well, what about people who are doing drugs and um, they're using needles and they're sharing needles? Will they get the Truvada covered for them too? Ooh. You know, you have oh, to think. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so you kind of, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I feel sorry for this health insurance company because now if you're covering it for this part, you're going to yeah. have to cover it for other people too. Exactly. So it's going to be exactly. one population. They should have just stopped covering it. They should have said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for our purposes, I think our advice for you, our tip number three is choose your words carefully. I think we've said that on several shows, you know, choose your words carefully because um, we all come from different backgrounds and what may not be offensive to you may be offensive to me. Enjoyed having you on today's show, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh no, thank you, Joanne. You've been great. Um, please remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for more fun tips, advice, and updates on the show. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.